and also his coat. Now the coat was without seam, woven from the top throughout. They said therefore among themselves, Let us not rend it, but cast lots for it, whose it shall be. That the scripture might be fulfilled, which saith, They parted my raiment among them, and for my vesture they did cast lots. These things therefore the soldiers did. Now there stood by the cross of Jesus his mother and his mother's sister, Mary the wife of Cleophas and Mary Magdalene. Now a number of people were there at the cross and they represented actually the entirety of humanity. There were two thieves, the soldiers, a centurion is mentioned, Mary, Jesus' mother, Mary's sister, Mary Magdalene, John the beloved apostle, and a group of women. We assume Simon of Cyrene, after burying the cross of Jesus, remained. It's also likely the chief witnesses to remain to confirm the death of Christ. The death of Jesus was not a concocted report. Yes. Yeah. It was a public execution. It was known. It wasn't done privately and then reported and people didn't believe it. His death, like his life, was public. Amen. In this, Jesus set the tone for spiritual life. Spiritual life is intended to be public. Like his birth was public, not the witness of it, but the testimony of it. His life was public and his death was public. See, a life of asceticism is not a proper depiction of spiritual life. And yet there is a religious sect that has dignified asceticism, living an isolated life away from the people. And if a person's not careful, they'll they'll begin thinking this way. Yeah. To isolate themselves in public. Yeah. And Jesus didn't. Now we're in the world. We're not to appear as though we belong here, and if we live in by faith, that, that will be an obvious type yeah. thing. Amen. People may not know that you love God, that you love Christ, that you're serving Christ. They won't know this unless, unless you tell them they won't know this unless they're a, a, a believer too. But they'll know you're not like them. They will know that. Though, although we're now in the world, we're not to appear as though we belong here. Yeah. Amen. We were part of it and adopted its values and character. Amen. Really good? Yes. Yeah. And uh, it's worth noting that Jesus never was found in a pub or a brothel or any place like that. No, no. There were no such things in Israel. See? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. These days weren't in Israel. Yes. 
Yeah, they were. See, the Jews were imagining they they were set set up dedicated to the Lord. I imagine that after a while, Mm -hmm. some of these things may have turned up, but they they weren't they weren't the public thing. Right. We're not to appear as though we belong to the Lord and adopted its objectives. Just as Jesus carrying his cross was public, we carrying our cross is public. Yeah. You don't carry your cross at home. Well, you should carry it there too, to understand, but carrying the cross is a public type testimony. Just as Christ's death was public, your death to the world and your spiritual death is a public matter. Amen. If people can't see it, then it ain't happened. Amen. That's what the trouble is. Amen. The nature of spiritual life is to be lived out visibly and publicly because it's a light. Amen. Light shines in dark places. Yes. Yeah, Jesus said, Whoever shall confess me before men. That's part that's part of that confession. That's right. Each of the gospel writers report the details of Christ's death. And I give the text here. Each of them provide the details of Christ's death. Some phrase it a little bit different, but about 261 verses are devoted to just the testimony of Christ's death. Just the bald facts. In those texts, now we, there are several things we observe in those texts. If you if you read them, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you see the the working of God, that's seen in those texts. The obedience of Christ, that's seen in those texts. The forgiveness of Jesus, that's seen in those texts. Repentance, that's seen in those texts. The working of the devil, that's seen in those texts. The nature of the world government, that's seen in those texts. The hatred of men is seen. The tenderness of believers is seen, and the response of those who love Jesus is seen. See, all that's seen in that scene that we're reading about. And of course, there were angels holding this also. They couldn't do a lot of work during this time, you understand? (laughs) The angels had to sheathe their swords, so to speak during this time. Then the soldiers, when they had crucified Jesus, took his garments and made four parts. Now what was happening at this at this time? And the historical facts are recorded here. But what was what was really happening? Well for one thing, sin was going to be punished in its totality. Not as individual sins, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but in their totality. And atonement was about to be made known. Now, if we didn't know this, if we didn't hear this, we wouldn't know this. If this wasn't recorded, you would not know this. The scriptures were being fulfilled, got to a phenomenal detail at this time. And Satan, he was being positioned for destruction. 
Yes, yes. He was going to be destroyed by Christ's death. Destroyed not in the sense of annihilated, mm -hmm. destroyed in the sense of rendered vulnerable. Yeah, yeah. Amen. Amen. And principalities and powers, they were going to be plundered. This is going to happen at this, mm -hmm. on yes. this hill. Yeah. The wrath of God is going to be poured out. Mm -hmm. That's going to happen. And God Almighty was going to be pleased. It pleased the Lord to bruise it. See, right. that Amen. happened here. The most exemplary obedience that the world has ever seen or ever will see was there. Jesus was obeying the Father. That was this Amen. is what Amen. this is what obedience looks like. Amen. Yes, obedience is not in a vacuum. Amen. It's good to think about these things, I'll tell you. What yes. the power of darkness would do if it was unleashed, you're seeing it here. That's why Paul taught us to pray that God would bless, sustain, keep the people of God. Because if there's ever a just reason, from God's viewpoint, for the devil to be released, you don't even want to think about it. Satan never fails to do his worst when he's allowed to do so, yeah, when he's that's released. Right. That's right. And sometimes he is uh, released. Remember that fornicator in Corinth? He was yeah. to be delivered to Satan. Yeah. Uh, yes. Satan went to work on that man, but God outworked him. <laughs> Nature itself would hide its face. The sun will not shine the old spiritual said the sun refused to shine. Yes. Nature bowed the knee mm -hmm. on this hill. Amen. And if the angels weren't held back, mm. this couldn't have happened. All right, what we're seeing here is what it takes to save just one person. As far as I know, just one person was saved that was a thief. But it took all of that to save that one thief. Yeah. Amen. Yes. That's what son sin has done mm -hmm. to humanity. And while all of this was taking place, the soldiers were dividing up Jesus' garments. Completely oblivious. See, yes. that's what indifference does. Yes. When a person becomes indifferent, or in the words of Scripture, the love waxes cold. That's what happens. You can do the dumbest things right in the face of God Almighty. Mm -hmm. That's wow. what indifference can do. The text indicates that there were four soldiers. Mm -hmm. They were apparently to carry out certain duties related to the crucifixion of Jesus. But he yielded up the spirit. Shortly he's going to yield up the spirit. The text says... Verse 29, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, so he's, he's alert. Yes. Uh -huh. He's suffering more than any soul has ever suffered before or since. Mm -hmm. He's suffering, but he's alert. Yeah. Yes. So when you suffer, 
and you're cast down and you're, as the world says, depressed, that doesn't mean you have to be unalert. This was the worst physical circumstance any mortal could ever be in, but Jesus was alert. Yes. He knew when everything had been accomplished. Right. So that the scripture might be fulfilled, not because he was thirsty. Mm -hmm. yeah. He didn't cry this out because he was thirsty. Yeah. He cried this out so the scripture would be fulfilled. Amen. Amen. He cried out, I thirst. Mm -hmm. Now there was set a vessel of vinegar, and they filled a sponge of vinegar and put it upon hyssop and put it to his mouth. And it's all kind of testimonies about what that was there for, but apparently what it was there for the soldiers would drink this is vinegar. It wasn't like you think of vinegar. It was a distillation of, of fruit juice. But it was there for the soldiers evidently, and then if need be, it was there to offer the person who was being crucified. So there in the midst of their duties, See, they were, they were on the job. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they, they weren't at home. They were on the job. Yes. So there they were doing their duties. They found time to gamble because they were covetous people. Yeah. Here's a man being crucified. His clothes. Yeah. They removed his clothes so they could nail him to the tree. That's right. Yes. You know, they were... Some were of the opinion that Jesus was stark naked when he was crucified. I can't, I don't care what kind of arguments people introduce to this, I won't believe yeah. it. I don't believe that one minute. Amen. That Jesus was stark naked when, yeah. but there are people who believe this, oh, Jesus. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The nakedness, in the purest sense of the word, mm -hmm. is described of childbirth. Mm -hmm. Job said, Naked came I out of my mother's womb. Mm -hmm. Naked I returned thither. Mm -hmm. Solomon said, As he came forth of his mother's womb, naked shall he go also. Mm -hmm. that's, a, that's a depiction of what we call stark nakedness mm -hmm. as a birth mm -hmm. of a child. Amen. Now, I said of Peter, the second time Jesus appeared to them, that the disciple of Jesus, whom Jesus loved, saith to Peter, It is the Lord. Now, in famine, Peter heard that he was the Lord. He girded his fishers coat on him, for he was naked, and he cast himself into the sea. So someone said, What does that mean? He was nude. Is that what that means? Well, I didn't think that's what it meant. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A public commentary properly observes mm -hmm. that the word gunos does not mean perfectly nude. Yeah. A man has simply the zit tone or tunic upon him. You might call the the, the lowest level of undergarments. Right, he right. had that on, but he wasn't stark naked. Right, yeah. Now, this isn't something you, you want to make an issue of, and I don't yeah. want to make an issue of. Yeah. But I just want to alert people so they don't default to kind of this, right. this yeah. lower, more carnal form of reasoning. Yeah. It's also obviously that this wasn't the clothing of a beggar. Mm -hmm. I mean, a soldier wouldn't yeah. gamble for a beggar's garment. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Amen. Jesus didn't go around in tattered clothing. Mm -hmm. Not Jesus. Mm -hmm. The beggars had certain clothing. Harlots had certain clothing. You could yeah. tell what a person was by their clothes. Well, that day's for <laughs> 
that day's forever gone. <laughs> but that's how it was. They gambled for his coat. Mm -hmm. That was the most outmost garment. A robe that covered other clothing. Now I checked because of my own experience, I checked about the temperatures about this time of the year, which was in the early spring, was in the 70s and 80s. And I learned by experience, personal experience when I was in the Middle East, the value of wearing loose clothing. Now we live in a society where they wear tight clothing. Mm. <laughs> but you don't sweat when you wear loose clothing. Now I was where the temperature was like 140 in India and it was 120 in Pakistan. Mm -hmm. But when you had loose clothing, air circulated through that clothing and actually kept you relatively cool, like you were maybe at 85 or 90 inside. It actually kept you cool. So this robe, that was what this was for. It wasn't for looks. It was perfect. Yeah. Well, it did apparently look really good. The distinction of Jesus' coat was that it was it, it was without a seam. So I was interested, what does that mean, without a seam? Without a seam means it was made from a single piece of cloth. It wasn't diverse pieces of cloth sewed together. Yeah. It was made from one single piece of piece of cloth, not divided pieces, like, like you make a quilt from different mm -hmm. pieces. Now this is a type of Christ's righteousness, and this is the thing that I uh, particularly wanted you to see. Isaiah said that Christ, the coming Christ, in Isaiah 61, and this is the chapter Jesus quoted in the Nazarite, Nazarene synagogue. This, this is the chapter he quoted from. And it said that he would have the robe of righteousness. Now this, this robe of righteousness is like his coat. It's not made up of different parts. Righteousness, Christ's righteousness, at this point, Christ's righteousness did not consist of a lot of individual acts that he committed. You see that? Mm -hmm. Neither does your righteousness. Yeah, yeah. Your righteousness does not consist of a number of activities or acts or thoughts that you did. It's a whole thing. Righteousness yeah. is a whole That's right. yeah. a whole matter. Mm -hmm. Your righteousness doesn't exist without deeds, but in a very real sense it's independent of your deeds. Yeah. You do good yes. because you're righteous. Yes. Amen. You're not righteous because you do good. That's right. It's important that everybody Amen. see that. Mm -hmm. Amen. This is one of the chief differences between Catholicism yeah. and the rest of the what they call Protestant world. The Protestant world is what you do is the foundation of everything. In Christ, what you are is the foundation of everything. Yeah, amen. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. And technically that's, that's because that's what he has made you. So see, if he has made you righteous, if he has given you or imputed unto you righteousness, yeah. now you can do good works. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, well, yeah, what I, yes, that's true. What I'm emphasizing is your righteousness. That's what, it's not what you are righteous, but it's because God imputed righteousness to you, Amen. but it's a, it stands by itself. Right. And if you pay attention to it, you'll do. That's right. You'll Amen. do righteousness. Given? Yes. In Revelation 19, verse 8, it's talking about the wedding feast of the Lamb. In verse 8, it says, speaking of the wife of the Lamb, to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white, for the fine linen is the righteousness of the it's saints. Right. It's right. I've heard people teach that that, that that righteousness there is the righteous deeds that you do. But, well, that's what it is, yes. But it's the, the righteousness of Christ. Is that well, there it uses words it has there. Just mm -hmm. use the words it has there. It's the, the righteousness of the, the righteousness saints. Of saints yes. it, it is the righteousness of the saints. They didn't originate it, but they received it, but it's, it is their righteousness. But if you don't know that, you will not be inclined like you should be inclined to do good. So we can say it's, it, it's not the righteousness achieved by works. That's right. It's not. Thank you. That's what I was trying to say. Right. Right. See, the new creation, the imputation of righteousness is explained doctrinally. It's not like it shouldn't be viewed so mysteriously. The new man is created in all righteousness and true holiness. That new man, so far as identity before God is concerned, that is you. But so far as you are concerned, there is something else that comprises Amen. you. Amen. There's an old man that you've got too. Yeah. There's a body you've got also. But when it comes to you and God, <coughs> this new man is all you got. Amen. Yeah. And that means that you you can give this new man expression. Yeah, right. You yeah. can do it. Mm -hmm. But if you're part of a religious system yeah. mm -hmm. that only talks about what you do in the world. That's all that's all they talk about. Duties you have in the world, responsibilities you have in the world, that's all they talk about. You will have no awareness of the need of the need of this new man. This is a real personality. Amen. Amen. Now Paul uh, references there in Romans ten three of those that being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness yeah. have not submitted themselves to That's the righteousness right. of God. See, the new birth is where this occurs. When you, when you read about the new birth, being born again, being regenerated, when you read those phrases, that's a breakdown of imputed righteousness. That's a breakdown of it. That's how he imputes it. Yes, it's because we have a new man that we're able to put to death the old man. It says, uh, for the law of the spirit of life hath set me free from the law of sin. That's right. Yeah. Amen. 
That's exactly right. This is a this is an important fact to see, and I, frankly, I don't think that this has been declared with any degree of clarity. In the, all the years that I've been familiar with and have walked among preachers and teachers and all this sort of thing, this teaching is not, is not known. It's hardly known at all. But this is, in fact, what happens. That the recreation, mm -hmm. the new creation, regeneration, being born again, what it, that is, that's how God imputes righteousness to you. It isn't that he, takes it to, uh, that he takes a characteristic and gives it to you. He creates a new person yes, amen. that has that righteousness. Amen. He, he doesn't, the new man doesn't receive the righteousness. He's created in righteousness. Amen. Yes. Yes. Righteousness. He that doeth righteousness is righteous. Amen. And then it also says that it's yeah. of God that we both will and do his good pleasure. Amen. So that in itself is a kind of seamlessness. Mm -hmm. Amen. Whatever is born of God does not commit sin. That's right. It's born of God. That, that, has, that has to be seen. See? Amen. Or, ordinarily... That's taught like this is what this is how you should be living. Yeah. Amen. Yes. You pointed out that Jesus, uh, in verse twenty-eight, said, "I thirst." That yeah. the scripture might be fulfilled. Yeah, the scripture be fulfilled. Uh, he was thirsty. I read information from people who try to say that Jesus set this whole thing up, but uh, like. Huh. <laughs> I've heard people say that Jesus went to all these plans to set up all these things to make the scripture fulfill it. How did how did Jesus make sure that those soldiers gambled for his garments? I mean, it, well, let's see. He's, <laughs> he's, God was this is this is God. They didn't do this to fulfill the scripture, but Jesus did. Yeah. 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 It wasn't that he was thirsty. All right. If God says. That they that are righteous do righteousness. If that's the only reason you have to do righteousness, that's reason enough yeah, for man. the scripture to be fulfilled. Yeah. Amen. If it says the righteous, the man that's righteous won't stand in the with sinners or sit in the seat of the scornful. If that's what it says, if that's what it says, then because it says that, that's why I don't do it. Yeah. 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 And of course, what that requires is this overriding love for God yeah. and thanksgiving and that's, that's when you when you live by faith and walk in the spirit this is not strange right. strange talk to you that's right. it's, it's written on our heart so when God says it we, we're, we're, we, we say amen amen I will yeah. not sit in the seat of the scornful I found that nobody knows that until this has been preached yeah Amen. Even though they may have the, they may very well have the experience. Amen. But when when the true gospel is preached, uh, then the people can in, properly interpret their own hearts and motives. Uh, Not for bad. The gospel isn't preached so you'll know what's bad in you. Uh, that's right. That's <laughs> I used to think this myself. I think I was taught this. 
I'm not at home, but I think I was taught this. That search your heart means to look for what's bad. No, it's not that that's wrong, but that's not what that means. Search for what's good. Amen. Yes. See if there's something. See if Christ is in you. Examine yourself. Why? To see if Christ is in you. Amen. Not examine yourself to see if sin's in you. That's not why. See yeah. if Christ is in you. Amen. Why? Because you make no your progress is strictly determined by your understanding and your knowledge of the things of God. Amen. That's the fence that you can't go beyond. Yes. But when that's expanded, well, this this releases you. This releases you. Amen. Now you look at life completely, completely different. Amen. A new man created. I just like the way it says it. In yes. righteousness and true holiness. Amen. That's what the new man is. Mm -hmm. You already know what Adam. Yeah. Adam, even in his best form, mm -hmm. in his best, purest form, he was of the earth, earthy. That was yeah. at the best, immediate state of creation. He was of the earth, earthy. That's not this new man. Yeah. From the beginning, the new man is created in righteousness and true holiness. And as the person knows this and becomes aware of it and begins to live by faith, this new man matures. And you, you put him on. You don't put on like an arm of the new man or a foot. You, in other words, you, you make him the dominant part. Amen of your thinking. You say, well, how do I know what's... Well, see, don't get lost in those kind of questions. Don't be, don't examine with all kind of questions in your mind. Yeah. He tells you he's created in righteousness and true holiness. That's what he tells you. Look for that. Yeah. Amen. Is the thoughts you had righteous and holy? Well, that's where it comes from. Amen. Is it base? Can it come from the owner? Amen. Yes, this, this secret of the dual nature, I've never heard anybody preach this. When I when I found it, I preached it. And it, it opened up the eyes of a lot of people as well as myself. Once you once you see this about the the dual nature you have, yeah. you're not just a person, you're two persons yeah. in one body. Once you see this, it now it changes the way you look at scripture. It changes the way you look at life. Amen. Anyway, Christ's coat yes. pictured that as yeah. well as it pictured his own. He clothed him with a robe of righteousness. That's right. Yes. Yeah, it says in Philippians 4 8, it says, Finally, brethren, whatever, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, Whatsoever things are just, or pure, or lovely, or of good report, if there be any virtue, and if there be any praise, think on these things. Yeah. That's, that's, that's part of putting on this new That's man. right. That's the only church he wrote that to. Yeah. And it was a premier church. Amen. So that, that means that even in the first century, this was kind of relatively unknown. Well, Jesus said it. Sardis, that there were some who had not soiled their garments. That's right. <laughs> he 
said they will walk with me in white. They'll walk with me in white. Amen. Well, at any rate, that's a wonderful, uh, wonderful truth. Any of you have anything else to say on that, on that, on that what we've been talking about here? I think I see too what what you were saying in making a point about Jesus saying I thirst and then what Brother David was saying um, I see it coming together in that it both of you are emphasizing that the Lord ordained this God was bringing this about That's right. this is not something that human wisdom or even human will could bring about scripture says that over and over again through John actually right. who wrote this gospel. Yes. Christ came to do the will of the Father. When God brings, bring, thing, brings things to pass, yeah. he uses instruments to do it. Right. At the high end, he uses angels and the uh, Holy Spirit. At the low end, he uses people of God. But that's how it brings to pass. But see, so an ordinary person would not have made this association. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. I thirst. Two words. Yeah in a massive collection of literature. You'd be surprised how just remembering sometimes with just a very few words in Scripture would change what you do. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. I thirst. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> Blessed is he who hungers and thirsts after righteousness. That's right. Yeah, yeah now it's a sanctified thirst, isn't it? Amen. He said among themselves. Keep in mind now that this, keep in mind that this conversation is taking place at the cross of Christ. That's right. Don't forget that that's what's taking place at the cross of Christ. And sometimes I've heard people talking about things, and I think they're saying this in the presence of God and Christ and the holy angels, and they're completely oblivious to the fact that heaven's listening to what they say. Amen. So they did, they were completely ignorant of it. Here was the most significant transference, moving one thing from someone to someone else, mm-hmm. the most significant transference in the history of the world. Yeah. He was going to transfer the sins of the world and lay them on Christ. Yeah, right. There's never been any kind of transference like this yeah. in the history yeah. of the world. They're sitting right there where it's going to happen. Uh-huh. And what are they doing? Yeah. They're dividing up clothes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now I want to draw attention to the fact that it does not say the iniquities, since he had laid on him the iniquity. Right. Singular. Amen. He had laid on him the iniquity Amen. of us all, not the iniquities of us all. Yes. Now some of the verses do use the plural word. Uh-huh. Sins iniquities but it's singular the totality of sin is laid upon Christ not just the compilation of individual mm-hmm. yes. sins yeah. it wasn't that way Amen. as a matter of fact you can't explain this in human language this isn't speaking of something that was done is speaking of something that caused the thing to be done. Yeah. The iniquity, the iniquity, singular, yeah. 
Of us yeah. all. Or Paul called it the law of sin and death. Yeah. Yeah. That's what was laid upon Christ. The whole of sin. Particularly the sin of humanity. Now there was other sin. There was a sin of Satan and there was a sin of Satan's angels. But that sin wasn't... Yeah. Was it laid on Christ? And John the Baptist said, Behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin. The sin, the singular. Yeah, sin, singular. The Word of God speaks of the angels that sinned. Second mm-hmm. Peter 2, 4. Mm-hmm. See, that's why it's important when you say he died for yeah. sins, our sins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sins of humanity. He didn't die for anybody else's sin. Yeah. Not Satan's yeah. sin, not the yeah. angel's sin. Amen. There are individuals whose sins are mentioned in Scripture. There are. Yeah. Uh-huh. The sins of Jeroboam, that phrase is mentioned about 20 times. Just that sense. The sins of Jeroboam. There's the sins of Manasseh. There's the sins of children of Israel and the sins of Judah. But when Jesus died, he didn't die for the sins of Judah or the sins of Manasseh or the sins of Jeroboam. He died for iniquity now even when Paul was after he's converted and been in Christ for several years he said now if I do that which I would not it's no more I that do it but sin mm-hmm. yeah yeah amen huh? amen sin amen that dwelt in me Jesus died for that sin it wasn't, a, it wasn't a particular deed. See? See what I'm saying here? It wasn't yeah. a picky, particular deed. Sin dwelleth in me. Again, he said, Now if I do that which I would not, it's no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. Jesus died for that. He died for that. It's not imputed. If he didn't die for it, you'd have to take the credit for it. It is not I. Mm-hmm. You know, we still have to deal with the law of sin and death. Mm-hmm. But when you do, it's not you. It's not the recreated you. That's not you. However, even though you you have this law of sin, you've been freed from it, mm-hmm. and you don't have to obey it. You're under no obligation to it. Mm-hmm. But, you, but but that <laughs> doesn't mean you don't have to deal with it. See, mm-hmm. some people, they they teach this as though if they, this will just God will take care of all of it. No, you have to deal with it. Mm-hmm. The law of sin and death is wrong. Mm-hmm. Yet it still dwells in our mind, in our flesh. It's there. In our flesh. You get you in a body, you got this law dwelling in that body. Amen. But the iniquity was laid on Christ. Yeah. Which means whatever obligation or whatever penalty that's been paid. That the reason you don't have to do it isn't because you're so strong. Yeah. It's because sin's so weak. Amen. So you address the matter. That's why you don't have to yield to it. That's how you've got the. That's how you must consider. It. Yes. There are people that are troubled by sinful thoughts that they have. 
their thoughts they don't want, but they think because they have them that they're unfit for God. They haven't been taught properly. So the thoughts do occur, they course through your mind. You, you, you have to deal with it. But when you know that this this is a foreign person, this foreign power is stimulating these thoughts, they're, they're flaming arrows. These are the flaming arrows that Satan throws. Now the shield of faith will quench them. It will defuse them. Flaming arrow, it means that when it, when it strikes, it does its damage after it strikes. Burns. But faith will defuse them. So they said among themselves, let's not, let's not rend it, let's not tear this, this is a valuable garment. Now you see the sinful capacity of humanity. Men have no compunctions at all about sinning right in the presence of God and Christ. That's what sinners do. And it's our job to remind people of that, so you don't forget the Lord. The Lord's watching. He knows the thoughts and intents of your heart. Amen. The more a person sins, the less impact this knowledge has upon him. Sin, committed sin, mm -hmm. dulls your senses. Yeah, yeah. It, make, it makes you more easy to forget. Yeah. It puts you to sleep. And we're not talking like people talk about big sins, little sins. We talk about any sin. Mm -hmm. A sinful thought or imagination, if you entertain it, it'll drain your spiritual strength. Mm -hmm. You'll be weaker because of it. Mm -hmm. Your heart will be less tender because of it. So the more a person sins, the less truth has an impact upon them. So let's say, for instance, that I'm working with people, and so all we talk about when we're together is their sin. That's what we talk about. Now we're going to help you with this and that, and that, but that's all we talk about is that. The person is gradually growing weaker and weaker and weaker. Why? Because that's what sin does. Even the remembrance of it, that's what yeah. sin does. Amen. The more sinners committed, the less aware sinners are that they're in the presence of God. They'll, they won't think about, I'm in God's presence, God sees this, God knows this. They won't think that. They won't think this way. Mm -hmm. But if you're sensitive and you do, you, you take seriously what God has said. If you sin, you will know it right away. And then's when you've got to do something about it. You can't table it. You gotta confess it, then mm -hmm. defuse, defuse that flaming arrow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's not uncommon for people to have a hatred and disdain for those who labor for the Lord and conduct themselves mm -hmm. in a holy manner. It's not uncommon for these kind of people to be disdained. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the reason is because Satan mm -hmm. tries to get at people like this. Yeah through other people that supposedly are Christian, you might say. Satan, he knows how to get at people. 
So he knows that someone that someone you despise, a person you you just can't stand, he, he's not going to use that person to get through to you. He'll use someone that's close to you, who's made a place for him. This is why I said, don't make a place for Satan. Don't make place for Satan. Why? Not just for your sake, mm -hmm. for your brethren's sake. Amen. For other believers' Amen. sake. Amen. Don't make a place for Satan because he'll use you to stir up, all, stir up trouble and all kinds of things. Yeah. For their vesture. For, and, and this was done that the scripture may be fulfilled. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven words. For my vesture, they did cast lots. Seven words in one text of scripture. See, I'm showing you here how focused the Holy Spirit is. The more familiar you are with the Word of God, the more you know the Word of God, you expose your mind to it, you traffic in it. And this doesn't happen overnight, I understand it. But the more you do, the more of this will happen. You will be able to take a, te a text of Scripture will come to your mind that precisely describes what's going on, whether, yeah. it's, whether it's good or whether it's bad, whether it's righteous Amen. or whether it's evil. Yeah. It'll Amen. precisely state the case for you. Yeah. And when it does, it'll stabilize you. Mm -hmm. See, you feed yes. on the Word of God. This is Amen. part of, the, part of the, the Word of God describes every kind of situation, Amen. temptation, opportunity that you can have. It's in here someplace. And when you're familiar with it, the Holy Spirit will use it. It'll warn you. It'll edify you. Yes. It'll comfort you. Yes. It'll rebuke you. Whatever is necessary. But it all goes back to the mm -hmm. to the Word of God. That the Scripture might be fulfilled. And yes. part of my vestige. How much more incidental hmm? How much more incidental of an occurrence could, could be than dividing a person's clothing up between between yourself? See, that would be something nobody think anything at all. Right. <laughs> something like that. That wouldn't they don't, that wouldn't be a headline in a newspaper anyplace. But it is in the Gospel of Christ. It's like a headline. Yeah. That's how specific the fulfillment of Scripture is. Is yeah. that specific? Amen. Yeah. I just wanted to clarify something for those, especially for those that are listening in. When you said that um, he didn't die for the sins of Judah or the sins of Jericho, you're not saying that he took, when he took away sin, those sins weren't addressed. It was, it was, because here it says, he shall see the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied, and by his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. Yeah. So the all, he says, he's laid on him the transgressions of us all. So see, but that was all corporately when he says he took away sin. And I just wanted to make sure that that, that, that the listeners understood that. You, you, I, I understand completely what you're yeah. saying. Because it, it, it can sound a little bit like he didn't take away their sins. It's, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and so it, it, when he took away sin, that covered all transgressions, because yeah. all transgression is sin. And I just wanted to make sure that, that was clear. 
Brother Kevin, I appreciate you bringing this out, what Brother Bob was talking about, because I had been questioning in myself how could my sin, you know, be, be laid on Jesus. It's something that I had heard you preach before, but I had lost the understanding somehow. And you're clarifying it for me again, and I appreciate that. It answers questions that I've had, and just thank you for expounding uh, it. Yeah. Would you could you say to sin in in that phrase could be like a, a tree and sin's like the fruit. Like there there's a there's a sense of like there we commit we committed sins mm-hmm. because we we were sin we yeah. were sinful. Yeah. And Christ is he's giving us his righteousness and that is we're now we are doing righteousness. That's yeah. right. Yes. That's right. That's right. That the scripture might be fulfilled. Yes, amen. Some other versions read, and this is some of these are not right. That the writings might come true. Yes. Yes. It's, that's too loose. to fulfill the scripture in this way the scripture came true Uh in order that the passage of scripture might be fulfilled it says and this happened so the scripture would come true well I wouldn't I wouldn't argue that that's not the case but that's too loose see Mm -hmm. that's that's leaving the impression that the prophecy was seeing what man would do but prophecy isn't seeing what man would do. Yeah. It's foretelling what man would do. Well, what I think you could hear what Brother Justin said, that it was true before it was fulfilled. That's so. right. That's right. That's right. It's a kind of a technical point, but it's a point that has to be seen, that when you think about sin, you can't just think about your sin. But the way it's talked about, they personalize it, but see there's a principle of sin, there's a law of sin that goes far beyond you. That's what Jesus died for and put away. But at the same time, it's personalized (coughs) in the cross of Christ. You have a cross, you have to put the death of these in a body, and this is very personal. Lord, he, he, he forgave all my sins. Yeah. He did. So that unless that personal aspect is there, well, you won't comprehend what Christ did. Yeah. And the fact that he, you know he took away your sins. Now you know more about what taking away sin means. Yeah. Well, so yeah. yeah. We should use the word forgave our sin. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Amen. But you see what I'm saying? This is, I think this is almost lost in our generation. This is, you know, is what you're talking about. Yeah, well, yes, I do. I do think that that is true. Sin is personal, but it's not just personal. No. Now the passage of reference is the 22nd Psalm, 
they part my garments among them and cast lots upon my vesture. So I thought to myself, how's that for divine detail? <laughs> Who would think of that kind of, that God would think of that kind of detail? But this is how God's known. See, as you see, as you see God in life's details, that's what stabilizes your soul. Amen. Yes. But what if but what if you've been taught in such a manner as to look for Satan's work? What if that's how you've been taught? And there are people that have been, they have been taught this way. You miss all this. And you look for God's deep for God's detailed orchids, which are spelled out verbatim in Scripture. Only God can only God can fulfill what He declares. Amen. You can't. You can God doesn't declare it, and you fulfill it. God fulfills yes. it in you. Amen. Amen. Well, I'm sure everybody sees that. Amen. And men can fulfill God's will without knowing it. Yeah. Now, here's an example of it yeah. in the Antioch of Pisidia. Acts 13, 37. They that dwell at Jerusalem and their rulers, because they knew him not, nor yet the voices of the prophets, which they read him were Sabbath, they have fulfilled them. Yeah. They're condemning them. They, they had no idea that they fulfilled them. But they did. Yes, amen. And I think there's scriptures like that that's true of us too. We fulfilled them. We didn't even know we did. Yeah. We did. And when you when you do what God's when when you do what God prophesied his people will do, like they shall all see eye to eye. And when you find yourself seeing eye to eye with kindred believers, mm -hmm. you fulfill the word of God. Yes. Now there stood at the cross of Jesus his mother, his mother's sister. Mary, the wife of Cleopas, and Mary Magdalene. Now we're going to see the sanctifying effects of the cross are confirmed by the details reported that took place. There were more people involved than Pilate and Herod and the soldiers and chief priests, the Pharisees and scribes, the transgressing Jews. There were others whose hearts were right. Mm -hmm. Yes. They were there too. They stood by the cross. In other words, and say. Therefore the soldiers did these things, but they were standing by the cross. <laughs> so here the Holy Spirit shifts, shifts your focus yes, yes. from the soldiers to this cluster of women standing by the cross. Amen. Elsewhere the scriptures tell us that uh, now here's some here's here's some people hated Jesus. The Jews here, people were completely indifferent to Jesus. The soldiers are here, yeah. people who love Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. They're all at the same place. Right. They're all at the same place at the same time. I imagine there are a lot of assemblies that they have all three of these kind of yeah. all three of these kind of people there at the same time. Yeah. Matthew and Mark mentioned some women who were beholding from a distance, from afar off, beholding the cross, the crucifixion. And many women were there beholding afar off, which followed Jesus from Galilee, ministering unto him. 
among which were Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James and Joseph, and mother of Zebedee's children. Mark records there were also women looking on afar off, among whom was Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James the Less, and of Joseph and Salome. You have Joseph and Salome. We know from John's Gospel that Mary Magdalene came closer. She, at first she was among those who were far off, but here now in our text, she's at the foot of, she's at the, foot of the cross. We don't know if some of the others came there or not. His mother, she's there. And she's there, what Simeon said was going to happen to her is happening right there at that time. Simeon told her, Yea, a sword shall pierce through thine own soul also. She went away pondering. He said, Well, all right, this is happening. This is happening right now. That prophecy is being fulfilled 33 and a half years later. This was hard for Mary. Nobody who loves Jesus could see Jesus dying and just like pass it off. Say, well, this was ordained by God. This is something God caused to happen. Well, if you want to get technical about it, we caused it to happen. Yeah. If you want to think about it personally. Yeah. Yeah. And you must not see the Catholic Church has deified Mary. See, she's an intercessor for them. They pray to her. But you don't want, do not want that abuse of Mary to reduce what you think of her. Amen. Yeah, that's right. Amen. Because others have commonized and have deified her. Uh-huh. This doesn't mean we think less of her. Amen. Yeah. And it might be a might be a tendency, but we yes. don't want to be. You know, before Pentecost, Mary, she was a prominent figure. She wasn't a leader. I don't know how they... Roman Church explains that she wasn't a leader here, but she is in heaven. I never, I don't know how they explain that. When they were come, when they were come in, they went to an upper room. This is when they came from the ascension. They came back. They were coming where abode Peter and James and John and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus and Simon Salotes, and Judas the brother of James. These all continued as one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus. So there she is. So she was some of these 120. Hmm? On whom the Spirit came on the day of Pentecost. Amen. When they were all one accord in one place. So she was there. And his, his mother's sister, we don't know who this was. Some people think that it was Mary, the next Mary that's mentioned, but we doubt that because it doubt that a woman's sister had the same name she had. Some believe it was Mary, the wife of Cleopas, so that when they read that, and another Mary, they leave the comma out, the wife of Cleopas. However, we learn the closeness of families of the Lord in those days. Mary, Mary's sister. To meet her the closest of families. 
And you, you don't have to try and search and figure out who this, precisely who her sister was. We don't know. So it's just, well, just to know what you, what's not revealed, just let it go. Don't be thinking about it. Her distinction, this is what distinguished her from other people. She was Mary's sister. That distinguished her. There are some people in the kingdom of God that the only way they're distinguished is they're somehow related to you. Or otherwise they wouldn't have any distinction. There are people like that. Mary, the wife of Cleophas, the name Cleophas is translated from a different Greek word than the Cleophas of Luke 24. I don't know if there's a reason for this. That's just, I just tell you what I find out, that we were not sure whether this was the Cleophas that was on the road to Emmaus or not. But it doesn't say it is. We don't know. But each of these people were specific people. That's what I wanted to be, yeah, emphasize. Yeah. They were just not there. And there was a cluster of women there. Who tells you who they were? Yeah. Yeah. They, this is God, see? Amen. Yes. Where there's a cluster of people, he, God knows them not as a cluster. Right. He knows them by person by person. Amen. By name. Yes. Their names are recorded in heaven. And there's Mary Magdalene, and it is pronounced Magdalene. She was from an area named Magdala. Now this, she's mentioned 11 times in the Gospels, Mary Magdalene. She was at the sepulcher in which the body of Jesus was placed, do you remember? As soon as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, she together with the other Mary, how's that, how would you like to know this? The other Mary went to the tomb. Some say the other Mary was the mother of James and Joseph. Mary Magdalene was among the women that brought spices to anoint the body of Jesus. Yeah. She was in that group. Yeah. She's the first one Jesus appeared to. Yeah. He appeared first to Mary Magdalene. Yeah. That's the first person Jesus, the resurrected Jesus appeared Amen. to. Yes. She was among, and she also was Seven demons have been cast out of her. One of the that seven, Jesus cast seven demons out of Mary Magdalene. Yes, amen. You can see how much Jesus will do for a person. Yeah, amen. Demons. She, she was never the same after that. Amen. And she ministered to him. Yes. She was among the women who told Jesus he had risen from the dead. She, she was among, the, among those that told the disciples that, and they didn't believe her. Jesus rebuked them for not believing her. She was also among women who ministered to Jesus all of their substance. Luke 8, 2 and 3 tells about it. And certain women which had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities. Mary called Magdalene, out of whom was cast seven devils, and Joanna, the wife of Chusa, Herod's steward, and Susanna and many others which ministered to him out of their substance. So people are wondering, like, Judas was a treasurer, where did he get the money? You know, well, there's... Yeah. How did they find food? How did they get food? Did, did Jesus miraculously produce food years? Tell you, these women followed Jesus. Yeah. We're talking yeah. about three years of ministry. Yeah. They followed Jesus and ministered to him. Yes, we understand it because his disciples were with them. They just didn't bring a sandwich for Jesus. They ministered to the, to the group. Right. 
And the point is made to this. Someone says, well, what, what you say, what you help, that's not significance. It's your testimony, that's the significance. Well, what, what, what are you going to say to these women here? They didn't do miracles, they didn't do preaching, they didn't do teaching. They ministered to Jesus of their substance. Amen. Amen. And the point, the Holy Spirit wrote that up. Yes. Do we know that, see, God has said, 1 Corinthians 12 mentions it, helps. He said helps. Helps. Yes. In the church, here were some helpers. Amen. Yes. So I think you could safely conclude. I found this to be true personally. Our family has found it to be personally true. That if you labor for the Lord, your needs will be met. Yeah. Amen. Sometimes it'll surprise you how they're met. They'll yeah. be met. Yeah. They'll be met. So that's one way you can minister to the Lord without any substance. So there's a lot there, isn't there? Yes, yes. Yeah. Associ- all of this is associated with the death of Christ. <laughs> so, uh-huh. All of this is associated with the death of Christ. Amen. Which shows you how large the death of Christ is. Yes. It's large, it's a large, large subject. Any of you, rest of you have something you'd like to add? Given? Yes. In um, Matthew chapter 13, at the end, uh, Matthew 13, 54, and speaking of Jesus, when he was come into his own country, he taught them in their synagogue insomuch that they were astonished and said, Whence hath this man this wisdom and these mighty works? In verse 55, Is not this the carpenter's son? Yeah. Is not his mother called Mary and his brethren, James and Joseph? Yeah. So with, here he talks about in Mark 15, 40, My brother, the... Uh, calls, uh, looking on at the cross, it says, among whom was Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James, the last son of Joseph. So he doesn't mention, he doesn't say that she was the mother of Jesus, he said he was the mother, she was the mother of James well, and there Joseph. Well, there were other Josephs. You know? <coughs> well, I didn't know if that would be Oh yeah, one of those names, so, yeah, that wasn't the reference to Mary, no. Yeah. yeah there were other Josephs and Joseph is Joseph, so there were a lot of people named, but there weren't a lot of people named Jesus. Yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Other names were common, but, it, but in those days, it was, well, there were some other Jesus, Jesus surname Justice, but it was Jesus of Nazareth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that wasn't, uh, that wasn't Mary the mother of Jesus. Okay. Yeah. Different person. Yes. Uh, I had the thought that uh, I'm thankful that Jesus is still casting demons out of people yes. like he did with Mary Magdalene and yeah. giving them the wisdom mm-hmm. to, to tell people that he has risen from the dead. Yeah. The grace to minister of yeah. their substance Amen. to Jesus. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is the real Jesus. Amen. Yeah, I was thinking about this. You know, Mary 
Magdalene, yeah. she was faithful to come to the foot of the cross. That's right. She was faithful. She she honored him. She she loved him so much. Yeah. She didn't care what happened to her. She went. And so what did Jesus bring to work her with? He appeared to her first. That's right. This is, That's a, this is how, how Jesus is. You can't honor him and him ignore it. He always he always will recompense you. That's right. Amen. Do you remember when Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus got the body of Jesus and took it to the tomb. These women, Mary was among them. They followed him yes. to see where he was buried so they could the next next morning bring some spices. Amen. This is a woman who knew what Jesus had done to her. Oh, yes. Amen. 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 And all the mentionings of hers. Yeah. He was forgiven much, loves much. Love much, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. Anyone else tonight? I appreciate you at the very first talking about how spiritual life is intended to be public. Yeah. That's very, very good. But remember he said to the disciples you are my witnesses mm -hmm. so God works through Jesus mm -hmm. publicly he works through his disciples publicly Amen. Amen. preacher's kids know that pardon? preacher's kids live in glass houses they know that yes <laughs> now Amen. I wanted to make mention of something before we proceed mm -hmm. I've asked Brother Sid on Wednesday to have a ministry of praying for the sick among us. Uh -huh. And uh, this, is, this is a suggestion, Brother. That Jesus, sometimes he healed groups of people uh -huh. at one time, sometimes personal. And I offer this as a suggestion to pray for the group. And while you're praying, the Lord can reveal to you individuals mm -hmm. right, that need that need prayer. Mm -hmm. That'll be Brother Sid's role in our Wednesday yeah. services. Yeah. Yeah. I'm kind of enthused about it. 